Hello, friends. And welcome to Mad as a Hatter, a conspiracies and curiosities podcast. Well, that is the last time our intro will ever be musicless. It was over. <laughs> okay, I'll sing along. I love Since hanging. the world's returning, we didn't stop. Anyway, <laughs> so if you haven't guessed what the theme's about, it was not musicless. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so this episode, we're going to be talking about arsonists. So I do tend to try to pick occasionally, well, the hat likes to pick, but I picked <laughs> topics to go in said hat about different types of crimes. So we've talked about we talked about stalking i haven't done an episode on stalking yet <laughs> but arsonist is, falls under that category so i have criminals i have crimes i have lots of different diverse topics if you have one you would like to hear about email us madhatterpodcast at gmail.com my hat's running a little thin please send me more suggestions if you're curious yes arsony is a crime please don't do it yes please do not <laughs> sound a little bit grayish there <laughs> well i am going to actually clarify some of the terms that comes with arsonism so it'll be fun some of it's not technically a crime okay, but general arsony is a crime <laughs> don't go set things on fire <laughs> bonfires are good for fires but listen to the bear smoky the bear? only you can prevent forest fires i think only america and has criminal the fires well, I think that's an American thing. Okay, PSA for the rest of the world. <laughs> Smokey the Bear says, only you can prevent forest fires. Because Smokey the Bear is from the Smokies. That makes a lot of sense. Do you not know that? No, I thought it was Smokey because of fire and smoke. Oh, that would make sense too. What is the origin of Smokey the Bear? Email us. <laughs> I don't know. I just saw Smokey the Bear signs when I was in the Smoky Mountains, so I assumed See, that's I where it was they, from. I, I thought I saw him in Yosemite. Maybe Yosemite. they just Yosemite. put him everywhere. Yosemite is a place. Yeah. I don't know where it is, but it's a place. <laughs> Yellowstone? Yellowstone's yeah, you said he's like the little crater thing in a national park, though, isn't it? I'm bad at geography. We talked about this last episode. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he is an all the time thing. I just remember seeing him in the Smoky Mountains. Maybe. And therefore, I was like, Smokies. Well, I've never been to the Smokies, and I know about Smokies, so maybe. Well, he was on TV, too. True. Are you looking up Smokey the Bear? Yes. Good. Oh. It was found in the mountains in New Mexico. Huh. He's a real bear. He's a real bear? Yes. In the spring of 1950, in the Captain Mountains of New Mexico, a young bear cub found himself caught in a burning forest. <gasps> he took refuge in a tree and while managing to stay alive, was left barely burned. The firefighters oh. who retrieved him were so moved by his bravery that they named him Smokey. Let me let me name you something that will forever remind you of your trauma. <laughs> so it's a real bear. When we found you, you were smoking. In New Mexico. <laughs> That's terrible. The poor bear. I'm so glad he's okay. The only thing I got right out of that is that's a United States thing. That is a United States thing. Only we would name something. You went through a trauma. Let's name you something to remind you of it But constantly. now he's a mascot to prevent forest fires. That is cute. I, I mean, do he might that. be dead now. I don't know how long bears live, but... <laughs> He's a really abnormally long-lived bear. <laughs> He's an immortal bear. <laughs> oh, when did Smokey the Bear die? Oh. November 9th, 1976. Oh. He was euthanized. <gasps> well, I mean, I hope to put him out of his misery. And he had a full-blown obituary. That's cute. And a little morbid, but Oh, cute. and he was buried. Well, I would hope so. And now there's a plaque in the captain's, 
that read, this is the resting place of the first living smoky bear, the living symbol of wildlife prevention and wildlife conservation. Huh. So think of that next time you set fire for fires. Smokey disapproves from his grave. He does. He'll haunt you. <laughs> <laughs> now that we learned a little bit about Smokey the bear. <laughs> I just imagined like a Ouija boy. <laughs> Smokey, are you there? <laughs> just scratches appear on the board <laughs> okay i'm out yeah a piece doesn't that one demon do that the ouija board demon, sure who we're not going to say his sure. name because if you say his name he appears yep, yep. yep we're good okay. <laughs> now that we're all in agreement, like page move on <laughs> like, now that we're all in agreement, let's move <laughs> it's like beetlejuice <laughs> so what is arson so, in a 2008 FBI arson report, which, by the way, I got to read a lot of FBI files and reports, and it was my favorite. If anyone didn't know, before I landed my current job, I was actually in the program to, well, I was in a college undergraduate program. I wasn't in the full-blown FBI program, but I wanted to be part of the BAU, the Behavioral Analysis Unit. It was my dream job, but freshman year, college, my first psychology professor said, if you're sitting in this room hoping for a criminal minds-like job, I encourage you to go walk out to your academic advisor and change your major right now because there's about one opening every six years. And I was like, okay. So what did I do? Change my major. I did the same thing, except I want to be a forensic psychologist. (laughs) There's more job openings in that field. Much more. But you have to be a college professor. And at the time, I was like, I don't want to teach. Surprise. (laughs) Well, that's how I was. I they're like you. Could, so if you do end up in this field, you're either going to be a college professor, or you're probably just going to be a regular psychologist. And I was like, I don't want to do either. Now I'm currently looking into college professorships. So <laughs> funny how the game of life works out that way. But anyway, I got to read a lot of FBI behavior reports and pretend that I finally landed my one true dream. <laughs> it was soul crushing. Anyway. <laughs> In 2008, there were 62,807 arsons reported in the United States. The number was actually reduced. So in 2010, there were 56,825 arsons. The average dollar loss due to arson was about $17,612 per arson case. So times that by about 56,000 arsons, it would be roughly $1,801,900 worth of damage. So think about that and think about Smokey's disapproving growl. (laughs) Smokey the bear will find you that amount. (laughs) Some other trends that came upon with uh, arsonist fires were urban fires were much more popular than suburban and rural. Fires were mostly set at night. Accelerant is commonly used and most of the arsonists were male. So there are a couple terms that you hear when talking about arson and arsonist uh, but just to quickly clarify them this is from an article from the american academy of psychiatry and the law it's called fire setting arson pyromania and the forensic mental health expert so darby's dream dream job (laughs) yes (laughs) so in order to not confuse fire setting arson and pyromania it is important to differentiate several key terms related to fire setting, as not all fire setters have committed arson. 
Furthermore, most arsonists do not meet the diagnostic criteria for pyromania. In short, fire setting is a behavior, arson is a crime, and pyromania is a psychiatric diagnosis. Okay? Yes. So, so not all fire setting is arson, not all arson is pyromania. I just want to go back to your first thing where you said, not all arson is a crime. <laughs> arson, by definition, is a crime. I thought I said fire setting. No, I said arson. Oh, yep. You're right. <laughs> yes, arson is a crime. <laughs> My very, bad. When you said that, I was like, very interested to see what definition you pulled, because yeah. that's not the real one. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> so fire setting is the behavior that includes both the accidental, so if you fall asleep with a cigarette, if you're playing around with a match and it accidentally sparks, an intentional setting of, or the intentional setting of fires, so with or without criminal intent. So somebody can willingly uh, willingly set a fire, but that doesn't always mean that it's criminal. It can just be out of curiosity. It doesn't do any harm. And technically, lighting a campfire is willing fire setting. So, mm-hmm. and this also doesn't mean psychological reasons either. So that doesn't fall under the pyromania category. Arson is a criminal act <laughs> in which one willfully and maliciously sets fire to or aids in setting fire to a structure, dwelling, or property of another. Mental illness is common, although not doesn't color, cover everyone, so it's about 50% usually. Arsonists are more likely than other criminals to be previously registered for psychiatric services. And substance abuse and intoxication are also commonly reported with arsonists. So fire setting, arson, and now pyromania. So this is usually what you hear about when you hear about arson and arsonists. It's the people, they're like, ooh, pretty fire. <laughs> As you said when I pulled my topic out of the hat. <laughs> Pyromania is a rare pathological di- disorder characterized by intentional or re- repeated fire setting. Individuals with pyromania engage in intentional and pathological fire setting, but do not always commit the crime of arson. It's very, very rare. They just cannot stop the fire impulse. It's a constant need and a constant want. The blue flame is the best flame. Isn't it the hottest? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to remember my science there for a second. I was like, where's white? No, blue comes after white. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That was bad at science. <laughs> blue is the hottest. Okay. But really, fire is just light. No. Yes. That wasn't sarcastic. I'm, what? No, I didn't think it was. Yeah. Fire oh. is just light. There, where's the heat come from? It comes from the molecules and the light moving really fast. That's why you can run your fingers through fire and you actually don't get burned. It's when you hold it there for a long time. Oh. I always wonder that because people do that trick where they like yeah. hover you but then let go. Will not get burned because it's just light. Oh. Until you hold it there. So is that why like when we, when we see it? Yeah. Oh. Also why it makes light, but yes. I need to think about my life for a second. <laughs> See, this is why I could never, this is why I never did good in science, because I, like, every time they told me something that blew my mind, I would have to just sit there and think about my life choices. Science is my favorite. Chemistry is my all-time favorite. Science is cool. Which this is chemistry. Chemistry is my ultimate favorite thing ever. I never took chemistry, and I wish I did. I had to learn it myself for a test. Was my backup plan in forensics was to be a forensics chemist. This whole episode is just us wishing we had other lives. Our dreams that we once had. I should have listened to my mother. Who would have known Darby Tanner would say that? Oh. 
<laughs> it's fine. People follow my Twitter because they see me all the time. <laughs> Throw out our identities. They know my last name now by this point. Yeah, probably. Uh, I mean, we only like like and retweet our own post all the time from not, our Mad Hatter Not many pages. Darby Tanners. Um, yeah, not many of mine either. Not many Darbys. But, yeah. Who she told thought? me not to change my major no matter how hard it got. I'm telling you, if we have any younglings listening to our podcast... Listen to your moms. They're annoyingly always right. Not about always. I won't give her that satisfaction. Pyromaniacs experienced satisfaction in the release of built-up tension when they set a fire. There are five subcategories of adolescents with pyromania. Those wanting to win approval. Those who are usually showing other delinquent or aggressive behavior. Those that are cognitively impaired. Those who are disturbed and diagnosed as paranoid, psychotic, or sometimes suicidal. And those who are crying out for attention or help. But what sets them apart from, uh, from the fire setters and the arsonists is that they don't set fire to commit a crime, get revenge, or for some gain. They do it as a tension release. Because they have that urge. They're like, I need to do it. I need. It's like an addiction. <laughs> so, and it's like any other disease or an addiction. They have to do it. And when they finally do, it's that release. Ah, <sighs> Finally. This can be associated with other conditions, commonly mood disorders, impulse control, substance abuse, and etc. So with all fire starting and arson, this can start very young. So children can be arsonists. In 2011, the National Fire Protection Association claimed that children were responsible for 50,000 fires in the U.S. alone. And those fires resulted in about 80 deaths. Wow. Yes. <laughs> Watch out for children. <laughs> children are the worst. Thought you were gonna go in on the demon children and okay. The water babies? Yeah. I'm sorry. Children, I'm sorry, they're in horror films for a reason. <laughs> they also said that nearly half of home fires were from a child aged four to six. So watch out for those first graders. The American Psychological Association mentions that children starting fires could be a way to attract adult attention to stress mm-hmm. in a child's life. Or a call for help. I mean, that makes total sense. <laughs> I mean, if a child's stressed out or they don't feel that they're getting enough no. attention, they're going to escalate their behavior until they yeah. get the attention they want. But also from ages four to six, they might just be experimenting. They might. And that is one mention that people will talk about is that it's just curiosity. What is this? If you leave a match out or a lighter, they see mom and dad like lighting birthday candles or something. They're like, ooh, I'm sorry. We make the joke. Pretty fire. Fire's pretty. It is. You know what's the most watched thing? Oh, like those the fireplace videos? Well, yes, but oh. I just meant in general. That oh. and second is water dropping. Water dropping makes you have to pee. Because both of those are like the top soothing, so the most watched is fire. <laughs> Can the children be stopped? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, with the fire, yes. If they're starting fires, send them away for good. <laughs> <laughs> Return them to Babies R Us. <laughs> Keep your baby's RS receipt and return them. <laughs> so can the fire setting be stopped? Yes. <laughs> While many children are fascinated by fire and may even engage in fire play as children, this usually disappears by puberty, says Feldberg, a psychologist who works with teen arsonists. But in teens who remain fire starters, this doesn't disappear. Untreated, <laughs> these young arsonists may continue to be arsonists as they age. Glad you said that, because I was definitely going to say, well, if he works with teen arsonists. (laughs) They probably are not going away at puberty. There's no help. (laughs) Once you started, once you set one fire, you're done for life. 
Did you set a campfire? I can't start fires on my own. (laughs) (laughs) Do you use, like, I use the big lighters. It doesn't start. You gotta rack it up right, and I can't do it. (laughs) Darby, the worst arsonist in the world. (laughs) (laughs) I even try with accelerants. They catch you at the scene. I'm trying to set a fire. Well, I mean, technically you haven't committed a crime yet since you haven't started the fire. (laughs) I guess we could get you it for intent. Maybe? (laughs) Possibly. Depends on how intentive this is. I mean, just watching you do it's punishment enough. (laughs) Just sitting there trying really hard. Like, this is embarrassing enough. You don't need to go to trial. (laughs) (laughs) So Feldberg goes on to say, most of us believe it's a lot like sexual offending. (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) If you catch it early enough, it is a treatable disorder. Look at that website I found. What website? I was telling you about it. It was... Oh, yeah. (laughs) I need another Smokey the Bear alternate. Only you can prevent sexual offending. (laughs) There needs to be a honey badger. A honey badger? The honey, the honey badger. an otter? The the outlandish otter says... You know, the otters that rape the baby seals. Will you leave my otters alone? They still do it. So anyway, Feldberg. Anyway. Feldberg with the quotes that we could take fully out of context. (laughs) We know kids who start fires are more likely to start fires. Yes. (laughs) I had to reread that to make sure I read it right. We know kids who start fires are more likely to start fires. And particular kids will ratchet it up to become bigger and more centralization sensationalistic and more dangerous so it's a sexual pleasure fire can make a tremendous impact well yeah it burns stuff to the ground did you know i feel like feldberg i'm gonna i'm gonna title him captain obvious that according to this one post i found (laughs) 20 years ago you had approximately 17 minutes to get out of your house if it was going up in flames and today you only have seven Do we make things out of more flammable objects? Yes. Eh, that's fair. We make less natural things and more artificial, and therefore it's more oh. flammable. And, and I guess we have like more electronics and papery things. And oh. I'm thinking about how fast my house can burn now. Now, <laughs> I don't like that. Thought. At least you're not in a basement, and your room has windows. <laughs> you have a window, not in my room. Oh, have fun. <laughs> but I'm on the second floor. Yeah, Sounds like jump. a catch twenty-two. <laughs> So, (laughs) there is treatment, so the APA recommends fire safety education, Smokey the Bear, medicine, and therapy. Dr. N.G. Burrell, who is a forensic psychologist, says that therapy focuses on anger, impulsivity, and the consequences of arson. Got it. Yes. So, WebMD gives us the arsonist red flags Uh (laughs) of what to look for. So, if your child... Starts playing with matches and fires as early as age three. Or if they frequently engage in daredevil behavior, especially near fire. Or children who mix chemicals or engage in secret fire settings in which they try different mixtures. Or those who are noticeably excited while watching fires. Be warned, you might have an arsonist. 
I mean, if my child's mixing chemicals, I think there's more problems than that. Just a little bit. I've started looking. Maybe there's a problem with my parental supervision. So my three-year-old is just sitting behind the shed mixing some chemicals together. <laughs> Want to go get a drink? Yeah. <laughs> As I was reading about, like, the childhood's, like, red flags, like, usually, yeah, they have readings. Like, kids play with fire, especially fireworks. Like, it's exciting. It's normal behaviorism. You, it's an expectation with age that kids take risks. They push to the limits. They try to see what they can play with. Fire's one of them. Uh-huh. You're gonna the you're gonna touch the stove once to learn that it's hot. I mean, uh-huh. that's how kids learn. And I remember because my boyfriend always said he's like, "Oh yeah, growing up we would always mix together things and we like would blow up old tree stumps out in the backyard and all these things." And he's like, "Yeah, we would always try to like we'd always mess around with those kind of things." And I'm like. I was inside reading a book. (laughs) We used to play Who Could Jump the Fire. I did that once, yeah. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. My boyfriend burned his eyebrows off once. (laughs) Like, completely? (laughs) Yeah. I've always seen those jokes where, like, on a comedy show where, like, fire's in their face or for some reason and they turn around and there's no eyebrows. (laughs) Like, smoke coming off their face. (laughs) Like, he started a fire with gasoline. Oh, no. And he lit it, but the the stream went to him, and he just lit it, and then it went... (laughs) Dude. And then he was freaking out. I was like, I can't go home. My mom's going to see my eyebrows. It's like... Remember the oh one gosh, time? What was it, like, seven years ago now? I think it was at Shane's house, and Alec was over, and they were playing with, like, the lighter fluid and putting way too much on it. Is that when we were at the pool? Yeah, and like okay. all the girls just moved their chairs back. Yes. And then the boys were surprised that it blew. Like, <laughs> and we're like, duh. Science boys. Science. You put half of the lighter fluid in there. And they're like, oh, it smells so nice. I'm like, it smells like chemicals. <laughs> it does not. Didn't the boys they were playing jump the fire then? Probably. <laughs> So it is normal behavior. It's only when it starts to escalate or get out of hand. That's when you should start being concerned. So at no part of this am I telling you, if they even so much as look at fire, you have a pyromaniac on your hands. No. Most of it is just normal childhood behavior. If you have a child that glances at fire, throw them out. (laughs) Start anew. Turn to your husband and say, sorry, bud. Gotta try again. It's the third one this year. So who are arsonists? Men usually, but females are rising. Empowerment, ladies. Equality. Equality. (laughs) I put that in there. I was like, I'm going to do this just for the joke. (laughs) But why do they do it? So there are a couple different reasons and motives that uh, scientists and forensic psychologists put arsonists under. Those can include the number one most popular answer is anger. So Alan Feldberg, who we talked about before, is a sci- uh, the psychologist at the Cornell Abraxas Group, a center in Pennsylvania that treats fire-setting use. <laughs> Teens between 12 and 19 with a history of starting fires. He says, about a fifth of our population is extremely bright, and many of these kids are reading at a college level. Some are extremely cute, computer savvy and learn in a scientific way how to set fires to get maximum impact. Some are extremely cute and learn how to set fires. Did I say cute? You almost did. You corrected yourself. (laughs) So anger is the primary motivation for his patients. 
if you ask our kids why they set fires, the first answer is you get you get is because I have an anger problem. At least I know their problem. I know. I was about to say, I was like, well, they're very articulate. That's that's start. <laughs> yeah. When I was twelve to nineteen, I did not know how to share my emotions. I just stare at you and be like, I don't know. Mm-mm. Why do you think I did? What do you want? <laughs> I can see Angsty Darby. <laughs> Angsty Darby was fun. My parents begged to differ about me being fun. I think I was a blast. That side of Darby comes out when you, whenever she gets hungry, she's like, I don't know, where do you want to go? And you're like, okay, demon spawn, we're going to Arby's. <laughs> we have the meat. <laughs> so Philbert continues on saying, based on data we've collected on our teenagers, these kids are often neglected and have a history of physical abuse and humiliation. These characteristics are consistent with the FBI profile of a typical arsonist. The next main reason is revenge, which does tie in with anger, but this takes on that extra element of doing it in retaliation. And in these cases, usually the victim is someone the person knows. Some reports indicate that this is where a majority of female offenders lie. I'm I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, how many times do you see, like, the scorned woman who... I, who's burning things i mean women do a lot of things for revenge <laughs> i'm not one for gender stereotypes but this one kind of fits the bill <laughs> so usually with these cases with female arsonists it's they're burning property or items associated with the person which honestly i'll admit how many times have i thought about burning an ex's stuff because <laughs> you see it on all those like com like romantic comedies or comedy shows where well, it's they're actually like actually known to be good closure yeah like there's actually a form of therapy. It's called destructive release. So you can either take old couches or furniture. Or you can go buy a bunch of gross plates from Goodwill. Or you can burn that hoodie you have of your ex. Or that hoodie that you have. But you destroy it. Like you beat it up while like yelling and releasing all the tension and anger. And it's supposed to help you let go of all that frustration so you can begin the coping process. There are like some safety guidelines with it in order to ma- maximize your release and not injure yourself so while I doing shouldn't so? throw a plate at someone's head no <laughs> so these the revenge category wrapping that one up the u.s fire association divides them up into different categories so there's personal retaliation societal institutional and group retaliation the next one that kind of follows along with uh anger and revenge is the extremist arson this is in case of extremist views, religious, political, etc. This also can qualify under terrorism and discrimination arson. So racist, homophobic, sexist. Those would be like the burning the crosses on the front lawns, burning the homes of uh, homosexual couples, things like that. Uh, terrorist attacks. Most noted with these crimes is the use of Molotov cocktails. Um, at times, firefighters are more endangered to co- cases of unexploded devices that are still alive at the crime scene. So that happens the most with these extremist cases. They use more advanced accelerants and incendiary devices. And these can sometimes they don't always set off when they're supposed to. Or they are purposely set off later when first responders arrive. Mm-hmm. Not cool, guys. They're just trying to get home, too. These cases also often have some sort of message with them, either left on the scene, a letter claiming responsibility, a message to the media, etc. They want their name on it. They want their message spread. 
in one case, again, that cross on the front yard, that's pretty big message. Um, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Guys, come on. Don't go setting fires on people's yards or in their house. Don't set fires. <laughs> just don't do it. Smokey the Bear. Sexual gratification is the next reason for arson. Hmm. So revenge, excitement, and thrills are also big factors, and rarely, but certainly, there are people who are sexually aroused by fire, Feldberg says. In some cases, fire investigators have found evidence of sexual gratification at arson sites. If you need to know what that evidence is... They don't. (laughs) Google it. (laughs) Just Google it. You all should be above 18. You don't need to know. Use your... We marked this podcast accordingly. (laughs) Did we? Well, on Facebook, I did. Okay. If you're a Facebook listener, we've marked it accordingly. (laughs) Our next, so we've had anger, revenge, extremist arson, sexual gratification, nexus, pyromaniacs. So they are also called firebugs. (laughs) Fire is exciting, adventurous, thrilling, and sexual gratifying to some. They don't fall under that sexual gratification gratifying category because they are their own category and that's not the case for everyone that's very rare they enjoy the chaos and excitement that fire brings so not only the fire itself but also the trucks the police the terrified victims and the absolute destruction that it causes so they stick around (laughs) yep they love to watch the news coverage or go back to the scene usually with cases like with most arson cases if you ever see there are police officers and forensic experts that will be filming the people who are there at the scene so if you ever see somebody pointing a camera who's not news at uh people who are standing around watching the fire it's because police officers will later review the tapes to see who all was there and if they become a frequent if a suspect was there or they notice that somebody who keeps interjecting themselves in the case they may note hey they were actually there the scene of the crime they may be someone who was watching the fire and wanted to see the chaos that it brought. They do that with murder, too. Mm-hmm. So, fun fact, if you ever see somebody who's not media pointing a camera, they're probably a forensic expert making sure that they capture who's all at the scene. Also, if you commit the crime, don't go back. <laughs> yeah, don't stick around. <laughs> the next branch or category is serial arsonist. So these are sprees of setting fires with cooling off periods in between. They are random targets and unpredictable cooling off periods. They could be a week, a day, a minute. It does not matter. They're, they're super random. They're one of the most hardest. They're one of the hardest to catch because of this randomness. I'm just imagining somebody walking through a city with like a blowtorch. <laughs> <laughs> it all burns. <laughs> but with these cases, it can be just like a random bunch of fires. But then all of a sudden, they all connect together. And it's a serial arsonist, not just different people. Mm-hmm. The next category are wannabe heroes. So these are fires set purposely so that somebody can be seen as a hero, usually a firefighter. So in. Lion King 2, they set the fire so that Kovu could be the. Came oh, and yeah. could be the hero and save Kiara. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I and forgot about that. The guy was running around with the stick on Rusty Tusty Princess. Rusty Tusty Princess. I didn't hear what you were saying at first. Now I remember. Yeah, the like brother who's all like, Grr. yeah, <laughs> all twitchy. 
They did it so Kovu could be the hero. Uh, in 2008, a report from the National Fire the National Volunteer Fire Council claimed that more than 100 firefighters are arrested a year for starting a fire. In, to- in 2003, firefighter arsonist profile from the FBI's Behavioral Analysis Unit, <laughs> my dream job, their profile says that these firefighter arsonists are young firefighters wanting to prove themselves, white males aged 17 to 25 that come from a dysfunctional family, one or both parents are usually missing, they have a mixed and unstable emotional atmosphere if both parents are missing, they have poor marital adjustment. If they are not married, they are still living in their parents' home. They have a lack of stable interpersonal relationships. They are interested in fire service because it provides an arena for excitement, not for the sake of pu- public service. They can suffer from alcoholism, childhood I- hyperactivity, depression, borderline personality disorder, and suicidal tendencies. They have average to higher intelligence, but poor academic performance. Mm. Yes, that is the full FBI profile, and by all means, I do not want to qualify that firefighters are all like this. This is very rare. There are more than 100 arrested per year for doing this, but again, not all firefighters are bad for the few bad apples that there are. (laughs) The next category would be finances, so the financial seeking Mm -hmm. arsonists. These are the groups of arsonists that are older. Usually you only see young arsonists. This group is usually much older people. They are those who commit arson for financial gain, insurance fraud, claims, getting rid of inventory, getting out of debt or foreclosure, anything that would provide them with some sort of monetary gain. Mm -hmm. They can do it themselves or hire somebody to do it. Go do my dirty work for me. (laughs) (laughs) So James Burns, the president of the New York Firemen's Association, so James Burns, he says, the hardest to catch. It could be the building owner. Are they a suspect? Of course not, because the poor person is suffering. He just lost his home, so he's getting sympathy of the public. Right. Yeah. <laughs> These are one of the, more, the most advanced arson crimes. They used more advanced incendiary devices. They do more to make sure that there is no evidence slash times ties to the criminal, but their use of advanced or more complex incendiary devices slash accelerants is what gets them caught because they're like hey wonder why this random spree claim of their house suddenly burning down has such advanced technology there interesting so that's what i was laughing at earlier when somebody was like what are you laughing at i'm like ah, just my arsonist notes don't worry about it <laughs> the next category again falls under that child behavior that we've talked about call for help curiosity etc we can also throw in teen behaviors in this mild vandalism fireworks etc moving on to our next category vandalism this case is most usually noted to have spray paint and other signs of vandalism left behind at the scene of the crime these are usually spur of the moment they leave evidence they use available items that are there etc it's just somebody's like let's just burn something we <laughs> Yay! Yeah, and sometimes accidentally it can cause a whole building burning down. So last reason, and one that is pretty common, the use of fire to cover up a crime. Mm -hmm. So some fires are set in order to cover up another crime slash crime scene. This is in order to get rid of evidence left behind. So blood, bodies, fingerprints, paper records. I'm counting it as a shredder count. (laughs) 
I don't know if it counts if it's a lot of people and not one theory. Nope. Shredder count. <laughs> I know. I was like, I want at least one of my episodes to qualify for a Shredder count. No, it doesn't qualify, but it made me laugh. <laughs> We're still at Shredder count four. <laughs> Just four. Just four. I, need to, I was like... Every time you draw something out of the hat, I'm like, oh, there probably won't be a shredder. <laughs> Ancient aliens, probably not. not Nessie, I don't see her crossing the road to use a paper shredder. <laughs> her little fins using a paper. She has to shred her own evidence. <laughs> yeah, nobody can find me. I want to keep this resort my own. <laughs> Is she, but she's an environmentalist, though. She wouldn't use paper shredders. She would recycle her papers. <laughs> You could shred it and then recycle it. True. She can make a nest out of them. <laughs> Her underwater nest. <laughs> so all together we have anger, revenge, extremist, sexual gratification, pyromaniac, serial arsonist, wannabe heroes, financial reasons, child behavior, vandalism, and covering up a crime. So there's lots of different reasons why you would set a fire. But at the end of the day, don't set a fire. <laughs> I think that's all I have for you on Arsonist. Ooh. Yeah. So we have the criminal profile. And next time you guys will hear from us, it will be our... White Rabbit. Number two. Da, 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 da. So excited. With introducing our Patreon supporters and our new music soundtrack. Uh-huh. Not a soundtrack. It's just one intro song. But you know. <laughs> I'll celebrate it. <laughs> You heard about Nessie from Darby, now Arson from me. Oh, we did like an Opposites episode, Water and Fire. Oh. That's fun. And then we're going to go do, we're going to change it by doing the same topic next week. Yeah, it'll be fine. Yep. It'll be good. Anyway, Darby, where can I find us? (laughs) You can find (laughs) us. I need to do a little soul searching. (laughs) Instagram and Facebook at Mad as a Hatter. On Twitter at A-S-A underscore Hatter at patreon.com backslash mad as a hatter podcast and you can email us at madhatterpodcast at gmail.com and as always you can listen to our beautiful voices and horrifying singing at itunes spotify (laughs) google play and podomatic and as always join us next time to follow us down the rabbit hole